Welcome to At The Root with Greg Kuyper. Hello, I'm here. Hello, sir. Greg Kuyper is a practicing psychotherapist. He's a holistic life coach, a recovering addict and alcoholic, and a student of connection. Greg believes that at the root of everything is connection, not Wi-Fi or Bluetooth connection, but real emotional connection, first with ourselves and then with others. I am Stacy, Greg's producer, and frankly, his target audience. So here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. So um, last week, we left off the show and we talked about couples and the journey that couples can go through sometimes individually um, and then hopefully ultimately together as they maybe become more connected with themselves. And we ended the show talking about how that affects youth and this uh, metaphor that we referred to multiple times of drinking the Kool-Aid. And we -hmm. touched on how parents typically serve the same Kool-Aid flavor that was served to them. Right. Right. So what we sort of touched upon then is how you encourage kids to Maybe you need them to drink the Kool-Aid because that's what's safe. You know, they're not going to have an allergic reaction, you know, whatever, (laughs) whatever metaphor we want to go through with this. Right. right. Uh, But they still need to have some autonomy. So I thought maybe what we could do, Greg, is go through and kind of break down the different timelines and Hmm. uh, parenting. So for instance, um, Infants, you have talked in the past a lot about how when a baby is born, they are really their most pure self. They um, they express their needs for attention, food, diaper change, uh, I'm tired, whatever it is, and we respond. And that is a reciprocal thing, right? Right, yeah. So... As parents, we're already responding to then our children's real self. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that lasts for like five seconds. (laughs) (laughs) And then they become, you know, a little older and they go into the toddler stage. And as parents, we flip the script, right? And we start training our young children, our toddlers, um, on how we do things, if you will. And meanwhile, toddlers really learn how during this time, mom and dad work, thus tantrums and stuff, correct? Right. Yeah. So during this stage, you are trying to um, herd cats, which is sort of what it feels like to raise a small child, a toddler, Mm -hmm. and, you know, make sure that fingers don't go in sockets and things like that. Um, So during this stage, what as parents can we do to keep having that reciprocal experience with their true self, but also inform them of the greater world? Well, it's important for parents to... um, be in tune. We've talked about this attunement with their their children. 
and so that they can realize what is being put out there, you know, the sensitivities, the awareness around it, and to not always react from a place of habit or an intergenerational um, mode of operating that has been passed down from their parents and their parents before them and whatever. Um, It's easy to go into that automatic mode and not hear, not listen, not feel what those toddlers are doing. Generally, when a a toddler or any child acts out, right, gets angry, um, uh, obstinate, whatever, cries, there's something going on. It's sure. not, It's not always a they, they must want something. It's there's something going on that they're uncomfortable about. And if we can be aware and tune in to find out what they're uncomfortable about. And this requires uh, many times talk um, uh, and taking the time to really look at what's going on rather than oh, he's just tired, or oh, you know, I mean, it's easy to brush these things off, and when in fact there may be some other things going on. And this, as the child grows, right, and um, uh, matures, as, we, mm-hmm. as they get into elementary school and middle school, this becomes really critical. Um, and uh, if the parent isn't listening and is just driving home, uh, Things like, well, that's just the way it is, or, or you know, uh, d- don't do what I, uh, you know, do do what I say. Don't not not what you need to do. Right. I, I mean, I, I'm hearing all of these things that that I am so guilty of saying myself. You know, with my kids were throwing a temper tantrum at the grocery store. The classic, you know, we don't do that here. Right. Right. <laughs> And and the reality is, if your kid is like just got terrified of a dog or you have like taken your kid out of their routine and they actually are tired, that, you know what, we do do that here when we're tired. (laughs) Right, right. A classic one is stop crying. Stop crying. Right. Um, That, when a child hears that over and over and over, I mean, it's, it's a perfect setup later in life for them to not feel emotions um, Mm -hmm. and block them because whenever they cried, they were told, we don't cry, Um, you know, it's a sign of weakness, whatever. And um, when that happens, uh, we end up with, you know, 40, 50, 60-year-old adults that, that have really extensive problems feeling their emotions, recognize them. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of getting off track here a little bit, but back to, you know, it's what we tell them. It's it's such an automatic response when, when we're busy and a child acts mm-hmm. up, and we've just mm-hmm. got this response by uh, like you know, stop that, uh, you're being a nuisance. Go to your right. room. Stop Not crying. Now. Not now. I mean, um, these are ways of calming the situation so we can get back to what we're doing, scrolling on the phone or whatever it is we're doing. Um, right. And well, go ahead. 
So, you know, then as they move to kind of from toddlers to little kids, right, you know, we're mm-hmm. busy establishing boundaries and teaching them social norms, teaching them about um, um, people that are other, um, you know, teachers, they've got to get used to those kinds of things. And, um, and that's really important. And one that crops up for me at this time is, and I noticed it um, once my kids were grown, I was out to lunch one day and I saw a mom and her little girl and the little girl was playing with the menu um, coloring page at some restaurant. And the mom would say, oh, perfect. You know, which animal is that? Perfect. And I realized that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I am guilty of that. And I need to go on a one woman rampage to completely eradicate the word perfect from parenting, (laughs) because then what kids hear is perfect, perfect, perfect. And mom and dad react to, oh, you got it. Perfect. Versus like, you know, that's good. Or, you know, way to go, kid. Well, that's Um, just another way of dismissing it. Right. If you say perfect, then it's over. How can you, you know, that that's a way of dismissing what's going on so that you can go on doing what you're doing. Right. Well, and how does a kid then ever um, live up to perfect? Well, they never do. Well, I mean, you know, spoiler alert, none of us are perfect. No. Um, so, you know, so that's a tricky thing, right? So now right. the little kids are engaging with other people. And that makes me think of the other selves, the influences, they're starting to notice their peers and their teachers and those kinds of things. Then we go into the teen stage. Yeah. Well, let me back up just a minute, but yes, yes. Uh, Let me back up just a minute. I mean, if as parents, we can train ourselves uh, and it's about being more aware, right? Awareness is the way to change, if we can train ourselves to not be like our parents, um, unless you had exemplary parents, of course, um, but so that when we are engaging with our children, we can sit down and talk to them rather than we just don't do that or, or uh, you know, that's not how this is done. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, the classic, you know, uh, I don't want you to have to go through what I went through. That's a great one. Um, you know, these kind of comments don't allow the child to experience any creativity of thought, right? Or, or uh, develop abstract thinking, which comes along later, of course, but, but be able to, to develop a decision-making process and ask why, Right. And that is so important, especially as they get to the middle school age when that part of their brains really start developing, that questioning, that, that social justice piece, that, that uh, why, why. And, 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 of course, they're going to start questioning that because what they've heard all along was um, they, they start realizing the double standards, right? That parents that their parents have been operating under for so long because it's easy and uh, you know we just listen to what we're said and do what we're told and then all of a sudden we start these these kids start questioning this and if early on in their 
engagement with parents. The parents can sit down and explain rather than that's just the way it's done. Go into it a little explanation of, of whatever it is, the morals or the, the beliefs or the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the laws, whatever it is, why this is just the way it is, you know. We need to do it in the household because of this or whatever. If we can go that extra step, and, and I know parents that do this, but many don't. Um, and so then you end up with this middle school-aged child that's starting to develop all this uh, why, and especially social justice and fairness. It's just huge. That, that's when the brain starts developing all this. And if what they have to work on is nothing's been fair, <laughs> nothing's right. been explained to me, nothing's just, it's all been double standards, and oh my God, hypocrisy almost, right? Or, or really hypocrisy. Then, then it's difficult for the parent at this time to get back in there and be trusted, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, it's, 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 it's they, they have already uh, lost the trust by um, not communicating early on in an honest mm-hmm. and open, vulnerable way. That all makes well, sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. And I'm thinking of, you know, examples for people that are listening to this, that when your child says, why can't I put my finger in the socket? You know, you say, because there's electricity and you can get hurt. Or why can't I have another cookie? Well, because cookies are filling and we're going to eat, you know, dinner. Or why can't I kick Timmy in the shins when he <laughs> doesn't care? Well, because... Frankly, little Vanessa, you're being a jerk. <laughs> right. Well, but, yeah, okay. No, I, I'm, I, of course, exaggerating. I'm showing why I'm your target audience because <laughs> yeah. I got that wrong. Um, but it reminds me of um, somebody once told me that how your children behave um, during the terrible twos is similar to how they'll behave during the terrible tweens and teens. Hmm. And what I think of with that is the the why. Why, why, why? And they're when they're little, they're desperately questioning because they're actually absorbing. Right. And then if you don't give them those answers, then as as you say, as teens that are now influenced by more than just their parents and their teachers and their peers, now greater greater social justice issues. Now they're like, why? 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 Right. And and you know, you you related this from from young toddlers to tweens and teens with this why, why, why thing, but, but it comes from their caregivers. That's where it comes from. They, they're not born with this question. It comes from their caregivers and how they were treated, right? I mean, you can't take a, a four-year-old and sit down and explain that, you know, the rudiments of electricity and how, it, you know, you can't, you don't do that. But, but I guess you could, but they, it wouldn't do any good. Um, the ouch. <laughs> yeah, the ouch. I mean, the hot pan thing and all of that kind of stuff. It's 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 more of an educational experience rather than a don't do that. We don't do that, right? And mm-hmm. and it, even a young child is going to go in their head, why, you know, or not in their head. Many times you hear it all day long, why, right? 
Well, and I still have memories as a little kid. Um, I had seen clearly on TV or somewhere this idea of like King Henry VIII and he would put his fork in his knife and, you know, I'm Henry VIII, I am, I am. <laughs> and <laughs> I was pounding my fork and my knife on the table and I was sent away from the table with for no dinner for having rude manners. Right. And I was like, why? <laughs> You know, I'm like, yeah. on the, you know, let me watch this show. Explain to me why, you know, Henry VIII, that wasn't such a good idea. So, you know, um, okay. So then, you know, kids are hearing these things, unfortunately, even from the most well-meaning parent, AKA sure. myself. Um, then they get to this period, as you say, where they're teens and they're really trying to figure themselves out. They are, they're starting to experiment and express themselves and how they think about things. And as parents, so often we see this as a threatening rebellion. Well, it is because we're in charge, right? I mean, we've been forming this, this, this young thing that we created. We've been forming it in our likeness or whatever. And, and by the time this middle school age or the, you know, this preteen age, come along and they start thinking for themselves, basically. They, they start that process. That's when the brain is de- developing around those attributes. And uh, when we quash that, when we don't let them express their opinions or open up and talk with them about those opinions, then... Um, we're doing even more damage to that emotional connection, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, I see this a lot of times in family counseling. When I every now and then I do some families, and I see it all the time. Where um, there are three kids sitting there in the session, and the and the dad. I'll just use the dad as an example here, but the dad is is telling them what to think and what they can't think, and you know, I will turn to one of the kids and ask them what their opinion is. And the dad, in this case, the dad would jump in and tell, tell me what the kid's thinking. And, you know, um, that's really squashing. That's the word I use. Squashing that child's uh, independence, ego, creative thinking, emotional connection. Um, and... That is the time when we need to be able to open up and we have to engage, right? Mm-hmm. It, and it means more of an engagement than we've been doing when there are smaller kids, probably, right? Because right. now, right. ha- now we have to have serious conversations. We can't just go, you know, uh, electricity will hurt you or whatever. We, now we've got to sit down and talk about social justice and fairness and, and what's happening and um, why someone else in the family gets to do it and you don't or whatever. We have to go there. And if we don't, if we continue to just put it off with comments like, I know best for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, wow. Well, that's, that's just squashing. That's just, right. And that's just a line in the sand that kids are just like, oh, you just made me want to cross it now. Oh, yeah. And 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 at that point, if it continues, it, you you will more than likely never gain that back, at mm-hmm. least as long as they're at home as teenagers. 
And what if, way back when, you were very open and, and talked to your young children, and at this point in their development, which is a very confusing time, I mean, we've got hormones raging, and we've got, you know, bullying going on, and, and this all kinds of uh, troublesome thoughts and feelings for these kids. And if we are there for them, like we have been way back when, where we could mm-hmm. just talk. I mean, I know so many parents that go, you know that you can talk to me whenever you want to. <laughs> and the kid's like, no, <laughs> it's never right. been there. How can you say that? I can't talk to you. Well, because you know you can talk to me anytime you want to. Just come to me, right? So there is that that invitation, you know, you got to come to me and ask me what right. you want and I'll help you out. But um, uh, if- well, then with that, you talk about, um, I mean, like, clearly this is going to be a topic that we talk about for a couple of weeks here because oh, yeah. I it's- so many things running through my head. Um, you know, I have... Um, I always talk about the stuck in the car with mom conversations, right? (laughs) And, you know, it's like, I, I, it's a misnomer because it's not a conversation. It's a lecture and the kids know it as such. Right. Well, you're stuck in the back seat and your phone battery died (laughs) and mom's in the front seat and you're going to be there for 30 minutes. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like, like, honestly, like can you plug me in? Plug me in. No, no, we're talking <laughs> that you can get. So since we, you know, since today we only we're you know only going to have like five, six minutes like left, you know, we've talked about you've mentioned some of the things that we need to do throughout the various ages and stages um, as parents. And, you know, a huge question, of course, that I have is. How do we not make it about us? Um, Meaning that how do we try to get in touch with our own self to remember what that's like? Um, You know, we sometimes, right? Yeah, that's the $10 million question there, right? (laughs) One quadrillion dollar question, whatever. I mean, that's it. And it's it's such an interesting thing because it's so easy to make an excuse and say that I'm, I'm telling you this for this reason. Um, And again, it becomes about you and the things that you know, and the things that you do, or you don't want to look bad or you want your kid to look good. I mean, there's so many levels of that. Um, uh, You know, really, if it comes down to it, I mean, a lot of times it is, you tell them something so that they'll shut up, right? Because you're busy. 100%. You're busy. And, you know, that's when all this starts way back when, when you don't engage a little emotional connection, a three-minute conversation around something they bring up uh, rather than that's just the way it is or we'll talk about this later or talk to your dad about that or whatever, you know. I mean, um, that's where all this starts. And... And then when it gets to be that middle school, high school age, uh, it's ingrained and they are basically pissed. They're angry, right? It's, of course. Why, I've why, why? I've been duped. I've been duped. And that's, that's what they feel like. I mean, they may not say that, but actually I've had kids tell me that or teens tell me that, you know. 
I feel like I was conned, and uh, and they're continuing to con me, and you know that's that's not a good place. Those kids just want to leave. Mm-hmm. They count down the years they have left. I see some adolescents now, and I, it, that's why I've just got two more years, and I can get the hell out of here. You know, I mean. Whoa. Right. Think about that. I mean, this is, will that relationship, or when, maybe, that relationship ever be repaired with your child? And you can put the blame or the reasoning on them all you want, but what it comes back to is um, the lack of emotional connection established early on and then continued. And that's it. That's blunt, but that's it. And, you know, we, we can talk about this in the future, but can this be repaired now that you're, you're hearing this and you're kind of agreeing with it and your child is 12? Can it be repaired? Can you fix it? Can you move on? Yes, of course. Yeah. 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 So because we're almost out of time yeah. and uh, listeners are totally panicked now. <laughs> Everyone go home and hug your children. There you go. Right. And, you know. <laughs> what have I done? Yeah, I can hear it now. People, yeah. oh, my God, what have I done? Exactly. Well, <laughs> guess what, everybody? To make you feel better, we all do it. And we all have, yes. pay attention, right? You always talk about bids for connection, which right. we can talk about next week. And we can talk about next week um, how it's not too late. Um, no, it's never know. too late. And, you know, it, it is just a matter of paying attention. Being aware, and we keep talking about awareness, but that's what this is, is being aware that you need to take those few minutes and establish the connection early on so that when they start to becoming more independent, which is going to happen, that mm-hmm. they you have a good connection with them. Right, right. I mean, my final point before we wind up here would be that um, wouldn't you rather take the 30 seconds to watch that annoying TikTok video <laughs> than to not than to reach a point where your kid no longer wants to show you something? Ever. In right. In fact, they're staying in their room because they want to stay away from you. It happens. Exactly. And exactly. So that 30 seconds would have been well spent. Exactly. We're out of time. We are. Don't panic, folks. You can find Greg at KuiperCounseling.com and follow him on social media. And um, we'll talk about this next week. Greg, final thoughts and advice? You know, everybody, it's just important that we stay aware out there. So go out this week and do your best to stay aware about what's happening around. There we go. See you next week. 